It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. It's great to have your company. My name is Kyle Rodham with Danny Akiye and uh, well, it's New Year's Eve, financial New Year, <laughs> of course. Exactly. And we're not, not having a party today, mm. but tomorrow this is last call. So that could be our end of financial year, little Ausbiz party. Indeed, that's a good idea. Mm. We'll uh, have to make sure everyone uh, listening in or watching in will have to make sure that they watch that tomorrow. But in the meantime, the market uh, down a fraction when it comes to the CBO 200. Uh, and you were saying before too, Danny, the A6200 down maybe just a sliver as well. Absolutely. Uh, currently, well, barely down three points I've got, so pretty much flat. But we have to wait uh, about 15 minutes to get the final close in terms of uh, what's been happening. But gee, that data, it took all the, 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 the sales out of the market, didn't they? The sales just disappeared. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, that might take us to our three themes nicely, actually, um, because, well, we're closing in on New Year's Eve, of course. Um, but, uh, well, tech lead, have to have to say that too. We actually had the tech sector up by 2%. So, absolutely. Uh, some interest, interesting moves there. But, um, yeah, a re- resilient economy. I think that was really what drove the market today. Uh, you saw, especially in the Australian dollar, but also the ASX 200, when the things start going south, well, it was after that stronger than expected uh, jobs data, which we'll, we'll get to actually just in a, in a second yep. because we've got a few charts to, to uh, accompany that story. But uh, as I mentioned before, let's get to the sectors we were watching. It was a tech, well, I was going to say lib rally. It didn't rally, but it was a, a day that saw the outperformance in the tech sector. And uh, yeah, some of those familiar names doing reasonably well. Actually, why is tech not far from from a 2% uh, 2% rally, which um, is our stock of the day. We'll get to that in a moment as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it must be um, heading, it's almost up to its all-time highs again. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, interesting, you know, isn't it? The more the data is, um, you know, bad from the perspective of, you know, maybe rates have to stay, you know, higher for longer, the more tech goes up. Yeah, well, we've got that um, <laughs> strong tech theme in the United States. It seems to be bleeding through here as well. Absolutely. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. But um, certainly if you were heavily weighted to tech, and you know a lot of people are because yep. uh, they're in love with that sort of gross story that uh, comes with a lot of tech names, well, you probably haven't done too badly this year. As Absolutely. As you can see, there's a couple of um, yeah, real sort of high-flying names certainly recovered off um, the lows of last year. Uh, but let's get to the REITs, which were not an area of the market that performed well today. Um, oh, that's interesting. Mine's showing a few more greens than what's up there, but I will keep my mouth firmly shut. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, well, it's uh, well across the board a little bit sluggish. We can see Dexas, Mervac, Charter Hall. There were a lot of uh, of those companies going ex-dividend today. Correct. They were amongst that um, kind of you know huge deluge of, uh, of ex-div that we did get today. That didn't seem to have too much of an impact on, on the market or on our aggregate, but certainly um, some of those uh, names are found in the, in, the, in the real estate sector. Um, utilities as well, worth mentioning, also um, a little bit mixed. Um, Meridian and Origin higher, but APA Group lower, uh, AGL a fraction lower too. Um, and I just wanted to look at metals and mining um, in particular. 
if we can get that up and uh, yeah, we can see there that, well. Um, Profit taking. Yeah, a, a, a little bit of that. Um, yeah. Still sort of, I guess, some disappointment from maybe the um, reversal of that China trade or the stimulus trade that, you know, set a rocket under the market there briefly, but um, that's certainly, well, stopping such a big story today. I had a few commodity chats actually about, you know, maybe the bearish outlook, especially for iron or if uh, there's not sort of more assertive policy from, from uh, China's central Apparently government. Apparently they're going to have their big meeting um, at the end of July about the first half of the year and what to do. And I was just speaking to uh, a strategist from London and he mm. expects that you will see some moves from Beijing, but nothing like what we saw um, in 2008. Yes, what a shame. So can't bank on that necessarily to bail out our market or our economy if things get well, a little bit nasty towards the end of the year. But well, for the time being, the data is anything but when it comes to the Australian economy. Retail sales out up by 0.7%. Now, of course, as uh, we've become accustomed to uh, when it comes to talking about this data, that this is, well, a nominal uh, uh, figure. Yep. It doesn't take into consideration or doesn't uh, reveal volumes. That comes with the quarterly print. Um, so we don't really know if people are buying you know, more or less stuff than they were perhaps a month ago. But we do know that, well, thanks to perhaps um, consumers taking advantage of some promotional activities in May, that uh, the number was higher than expected. Absolutely. Pull through. Remember, we were talking about all those promotional sales, all those emails coming into the <laughs> inbox. Yeah. Well, looks like uh, the consumers have really jumped onto that one and uh, a pull through in earnings. If that's the case, one mightn't be surprised to actually see things, you know, slow down again because, you know, everyone's filled their boots from the sales. Yeah, indeed. So maybe did you? we'll see. Um, no. <laughs> no, neither did I, but no, there you I go. Don't, I don't think they register sales at some um, secondhand shops and those, those <laughs> figures, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I prefer my stuff from Vinnie's. Um, but anyway, uh, also very strong data today on the vac- job vacancy front. Uh, did drop. from the prior read. Uh, However, still remains very elevated, as you can see there on your screen. Um, Basically 200,000 more job openings now than there were pre-pandemic. So still points to a fairly tight labor market and um, well, naturally we'll keep an eye on wage growth figures and then obviously inflation numbers as they come through to see whether that's putting well, upper pressure on uh, wages and therefore Mm -hmm. also prices as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Still elevated. It's really interesting because I know in the US there is uh, labour hoarding, but at the moment we haven't got any indication of that, have we? Because I was listening um, to the ABS and when you were chatting with him, it was very interesting saying that hours worked is really holding up. It's mm. even going up, if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, unlike the US because hours work there is starting to come down. Yeah, their, their labour market is so different structurally from ours like especially when you look at the participation rate there's that sort of long secular trend that just still didn't get reversed in fact it was probably exacerbated um in the um in the u.s labor market just just you know Mm. people uh, haven't come back in again Well, people haven't come back but it's just again it's just sort of extended this kind of trend that was going on for for a better part of a decade whereas Mm. you know in australia our our participation rate remains at well extraordinary highs and you know we're probably still suffering from labor shortages but perhaps for different reasons um than, than the united states so um, yeah, I guess it's uh, devil's in the detail, but it, it's fascinating. And well, nevertheless, I was talking to Warren Hogan today, actually, who mm-hmm. was um, well, fairly quite concerned. quite negative. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. talking yeah. rates going up to international levels. That yeah, which absolutely is, scare the bejesus out of a lot of mortgage holders. Yeah, well, they? that's just code for, for 5%, basically. Yeah, code for 5%. I mean, mm. that should have, you know, uh, alarm bells ringing everywhere. Also, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, yeah, no, I don't like to, to entertain the thoughts, to be honest. I have to... 
Move out of Sydney, that's for sure. It's probably too expensive up here. Um, but uh, let's just get to the stock of the day now because while it was Wise Tech Global, one of those high-flying tech names at least this year, and uh, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities, as well as Mark Morland from Team Invest was uh, with David Koch to give us their views on Wise Tech. As they add a new client, each one is more profitable than the last because basically right. their cost price is fixed. Right. And yeah. what they are doing, which I think is really impressive, is they've clearly become market global market leader in the whole uh, international freight uh, demurrage and all the, all the documentation. It's all super complicated yeah. and all the countries all have different tax rates and so on. And they have picked up, um, I think, five, I haven't looked at it for a while, but like five of the biggest international freight forwarders and so on as clients. But in those cases, like I think FedEx is one of them, yeah. they implement their, their wise tech program progressively by country. So they've got oh. this massive runway wow. of clients that are actually basically going, like, we're buying your system, but it's going to take us a decade to uh, implement it because it's such a big deal. In the past, you've, you've just mentioned short selling. There's been concerns that um, organic growth hasn't, um, yeah, a lot of people are looking at all the acquisitions and saying they're just growing by acquisition, but yeah. they've proven that they have been able to grow organically as well. And you know, when they bolt on these new businesses, as Mark mentioned, they've got a fairly flat cost space. So um, they're even moving now into landside um, logistics as well, um, using their expertise there. Um, I mean, the addressable market is still huge in, in front mm. of them. And I know people used to say that a lot a couple of years ago with tech companies, you know, this is the addressable market and oh, this no. is where these guys are. <laughs> but, you know, Wise Tech has proven to actually, you know, be able to expand yeah. into that addressable market. So, um, yeah, all I'll add is the the chart, you know, obviously, obviously I look at charts, you, you can't beat that uptrend. I mean, it's as good as an uptrend as you'll get. So it's definitely yeah. a hold. Okay, so that was, well, positive, but um, well, we have seen that run up, obviously, in prices. So, yeah, it's a bit um, hard to justify, isn't it, when it's run up so hard? Yes, but if you're, well, in it, as Michael was just saying, perhaps it's a hold. And, I mean, yeah. I know you like WiseTech, if I'm not yep, mistaken. I so, hold it. Yeah, I mean, is it sort of... I bought it again. I sold it, ages, like, you had a big, it had great results, and I sold it at 46, and then watched it move off into the distance and then it got sold off but 50 and I came back in again. So yeah, right. Is there a reason know, why you like WiseTech? We have a few good tech stocks yep, on the Yeah, we've got great right? tech stocks yeah. if you want to call them tech stocks, yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose they, they fit into that basket or we'll put them in that basket mm. for now. I mean, is WiseTech, you know, your preference of, of the, the tech stocks locally or...? Is your favourite? No, not necessarily. I think um, the scope to have a few of them in there. Mm. I think the interesting thing about Australia is is that we're famous for, you know, homes and holes and, mm. you know, doing all of that. But at the value-added scale, we're actually very, very good at it. So it's capturing those companies like CSL. So I don't think you necessarily, this is not advice, folks. Um, you know, I don't think you need to necessarily just have one. I mean, why not have 
you know, a, a few because there's some really good companies in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's more about when you decide to add to your position in these stocks. And yeah. um, as we've seen this time around technology, one hasn't, hasn't you know, looked backwards, has it? It's kept no. going. Zero has really surprised, surprised to the yeah, upside. Reversed, I know yeah. a lot of people sold that after the result. I actually added some more to that one. Mm. So, um, you know, if they've got the proven track record and the good management and something like WiseTech, which is in a very, you can see there's this potential disruption um, with their CargoWise software and everything that they're mm. doing there. Um, he seems to be able to put the runs on the board. So you're effectively backing management. Yeah, okay, interesting. Mm. And I suppose, you know, we talk about, you know, house and holes and, you know, at the index level, it looks like we're sort of underperforming to versus the rest of the world. But, you know, you can weight your portfolio, obviously, towards some of these names. Yeah. And, you know, maybe get that kind of alpha alpha there um, by, by doing it. That's um, exactly. Doing that. But, um, well, uh, that's a little bit of a chatter there on WiseTech. Um, let's look at the leaders in Lagart, shall we? Mm -hmm. um, so looking at the leaders to start with, uh, a fairly oh, mixed uranium. bunch. Um, yeah, I, I, was there much of a story there yeah, today? Yeah, you were talking to Rudy about that Shoren Partners mm. um, uranium stock. And I just think it's really interesting. I mean, I'm not a uranium bug, no. but I actually do think it is quite interesting that the market continues to move higher there. I mean, the amount of money that's flowing into the energy transition is massive. And it's just interesting that uranium still is figuring so prominently because the lead times mm. um, are so long there. So uh, yeah, that one continuing to roll. Yeah, actually, I was having a chat with someone at the gym on the weekend and they are in mergers and acquisitions at one of the big investment banks mm. in Sydney and they're in the sustainable energy um, yep. uh, team, uh, team mm -hmm. and said, well, he was feeling a little bit, he's quite pessimistic on the, on the um, transition to renewable on the basis that, well, you know, because obviously there's the time it takes to implement any kind of uh, policy or create any kind of infrastructure, but the way that there's all this kind of inertia from, you know, regulation as well as sort of social license issues is that it's kind of getting away from us, the issue a little bit. So, you know, we, we take sort of three steps forward, but the problem is, you know, accelerating at four steps, five steps, six steps mm. uh, quicker than we can kind mm. of, we can't catch up. So his, his whole notion, I sort of said tongue in cheek, so like, well, you know, I've got a buddy who says uranium's the way. And he said, you know, I, I tend to think that maybe even though we have these long lead times in terms of, you know, infrastructure investment, that, you know, maybe it'll have to play a part in the energy mix in the future. Quite likely. He also said that, you know, there might be an unfortunate and very unpalatable reopening of a lot of coal power stations at some point because, again, the transition's not moving quick enough. It's so, mm, interesting because yeah. you look at China and they're going gangbusters there. Although yeah. they've got problems, what I think is really interesting, and we're really going off course here, but yeah. um, they, they've got um, terrible droughts in China right. and they have a lot of hydro and yeah. they're having to ration power. Same things happening in Vietnam. And I that's when you look at Australia and we're doing all these hydro um, schemes and these big dams, etc. But, you know... It seems in a climate challenged world intuitively that relying totally on renewables is going to be challenged. For example, if the winds are actually too strong right. for the wind turbines right. and um, rain forecasts, by the way, in the US have not been altered for all the infrastructure spending that they're yeah. actually doing. So. 
I would just refer to a guy called James Lovelock, Professor James Lovelock, who wrote a book called Gaia. And um, some would call him a greenie, but at the end of the day, he said the only way that we're going to solve the problem is by putting nuclear power plants in rainforests. You keep the rainforests, which are really important Mm -hmm. for cooling the earth, Mm -hmm. and uh, you get energy supply and no one will go in there and uh, log the rainforest because they're not going to want to get zapped by a meltdown of the that power yeah. line under the yeah. earth. And uh, I know whoops. I know it yep. sounds a bit silly, but there is actually logic in there. Um yeah. it's, you know, but we have gone off course and let's go back to maybe some Leaders of the stocks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to the laggards. We'll see if there's anything there we can pick apart. Bigger downgrades. It's yes, still Collins Food, maybe some profit taking after that great run. Yes, possibly. And uh, again, a few of those names there too would be a victim of well lack of a better phrase of, of obviously the uh, ex-dividend probably or I would distribution, say distribution say. for the for the REITs of course um, so yeah but, but bigger um, down about 14-15% in the last two days so uh, a little bit of um, well pain there for shareholders uh, small cap leaders and laggards of course let's see if we can get across them um, nothing that no. really stands out to me there um, but next science if you're in it up 20% so that's the uh uh, a big winner of the day, I guess you could say. Um, and the laggards also, well, perhaps nothing that I can sort of see that's... Um, 360. Mm. 360 capital? Yeah. Oh, capital. capital yes, yeah. not, not live not, 360. Not like 360. Whoop, brain fail. No, that's right. I often see these things where we live, uh, this poor pet that's been lost, and I feel like saying we need to tell the owners to discover Life360 Life 360 and they get their little... You know what? You could be like some you know new age uh, super... Hero, and you can just walk around with the app, just latch it to the animal, and you can just map it yourself. And then, you know, when they found, you'll know, and, you know, little heroes wear capes. They give you something to do on the weekends. All right, well, just think about it. I love animals, but maybe that's stretching it just a bit far. I might be not the tragic cat lady, the tragic dog-chasing lady. That would be quite bizarre. The crazy cat lady of Redfern. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, shouldn't shouldn't say too much. Anyway, let's go on to what's over on overnight, shall we? Uh, there is a fair <laughs> bit of data, and we've got US earnings season. I I would say kicking off tonight because every time I see Nike, that's when I get the sinking feeling. I know you. I, I keep thinking of you because yeah. they were talking about it today. The Nike earnings and what's happening around the world, yeah. in, including China. So you're right. That's that's the first meaningful yeah. um, set of numbers that I feel comes out of US earnings season. So that'll be this evening, and you just touched on all the important themes there, of course. Our final GDP, I should say that's out of the United States. Yep. Not such a big deal because we always get the advance, the prelim, although it is expected to be downgraded slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unemployment claims will be interesting because we are waiting to see those tick yep. higher. Well, if monetary policy is doing what it says it's supposed to be doing. Uh, tomorrow, a little less news on, it has to be said, um, but some PMIs out of China, manufacturing yep. and non-manufacturing, and also Tokyo Core CPI, which has yep. had the habit of moving markets at the margins over the last few months. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it is the uh, final trading day of uh, the financial year. I know. Where does the time And the go? last call. And the last We've call. We've got a great lineup for the last call tomorrow. We do. We do. I, I try and rattle the names off, but it's at this stage of the afternoon, I'll probably miss someone and I'll, I'll feel terrible. But it is uh, the last call tomorrow, 3.30. So uh, as we like to say around here, or as our, our dear leader does say quite often, grab a beer, grab a wine, sit down. You'll be able to watch that, get some expert analysis for an hour there. Um, but in the meantime, obviously, we don't want to preempt things too much. It's going to be a big final day of the financial Absolutely. year tomorrow. You can catch up on all the news and interviews on our website and app in the meantime. But Danny, we'll call it a day. Call it a day. All right, have a great night.
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.